Hello and welcome to the Deputy NBA Podcast. My name's Sean and joining me as always is the one and only Dante Buffalo. Mr. Buffalo, man, how are we? We're good, Sean. Uh, we're sitting on the top bunk <laughs> of a hostel dorm room uh, currently in wet and rainy Sydney mm. where we have gathered along with some friends and colleagues, Lucas and Marco of the JVG NBA Tribute Show included, um, to watch the FIBA Women's World Cup quarterfinals, semifinals and finals mm. um, at Kudos Bank Arena slash the Q. <laughs> yeah, deep in the Q, as the as the Cavs commentator used to say. Yeah, Sydney, also known as um, Crap Gotham, because it's raining just like all through the Batman field. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, Sam, Ned and I all agreed that it feels like being in a foreign country. Yeah. This is my first time being in Sydney and walking around, I'm like, this just doesn't feel like Australia. <laughs> um, I've been to every other capital city in Australia except Darwin and I've lived in Perth for over a year and all of them just feel like Australia but for some reason being in Sydney I'm I'm irked yeah yeah but you know yeah you got to do what you got to do so here we are in Sydney putting in the hard yards um one of the worst cities professional in <laughs> professional journal podcasters we're putting in the hard the hard yards we're going on a working holiday um but yeah this is this is a you know, as soon as I moved into Thornbury-esque podcast, sitting on a single mattress, um, yeah. grim, holding the microphone because yeah. it's shaky. But um, yeah, we should, we should talk about the basketball because obviously we saw some great games of basketball yesterday. <coughs> um, nice Kylie didn't come with us for the trip, so there's going to be a few cuffs in this one. <laughs> yeah, we're still spluttering away. Um, and we'll talk about um, the the first game, France versus China. Um, the Gabby Williams show, which I was very excited to see. What are your takeaways from the first game we saw? Well, I mean, Gabby Williams was, uh, as advertised by Lucas, uh, to us. She was just electric. Um, and her athleticism really stood out. She was just like, in the first half, there were a couple of really strong moves where she went to the cup and was just like, you could clearly see that her explosion was on a different level than some of the Chinese defenders trying to kind of like contain her. Mm. Um, Gabby Williams plays for the Storm, and she's sort of like a um, an all WNBA level defender. And so she was just kind of like clamping on D, like one on one, and then on offense, like just went through stretches, including the middle of the third quarter, where she was easily the best player on the court, and was just like dynamic offensively, like pull up threes, like little um, hezzy pull up jimbos, getting to the rack. Um, but I think China were really able to weather that run by France. China mm. went into the into the half up like 10 or something. Mm. And then France had kind of like cut it to within one midway through the third. Mm. But China really kind of like absorbed those body blows and was able to steady um, and get back to the things that they were doing in the first half to help them build that lead. Like their, their D was just like elite. Like France couldn't get anything at the rim. And even their perimeter defenders were so pesky like stealing the ball was led to a couple open like leak out transition layups yeah and, and the Chinese team I actually really like our odds when we go into the the, the conference finals against them tonight <laughs> um, I like the, the Chinese team is just they've got some absolute specimens at the big positions that are just Time like shoe tall, tall yeah. human beings um, and then the shooters are really like methodical like none of their shots were like none of the shots were like sort of off like while moving it was just like they got this shot and even though the defender was like practically picking their nerves with their hand <laughs> like they just they just put it up put it over them and there are a few like maybe four point players that weren't called maybe a, a couple of fouls that shouldn't have been called as well um, but the shooters are just like 
just right out of a factory. Like it is just you give them the ball, it's in the motion, doesn't matter who's near him. A little bit like two K. Like, you know, mm. you could have this person literally slapping your arm and they still got the shots up and it was yeah, in the end just back breaking, even though Gabby Williams did power power through it like a really strong third quarter. It's just a three after three after three, getting heaps of offensive rebounds, obviously kick outs after an offensive yeah, rebound. Yeah, seventeen to two in second chance points to China. Yeah. So they were just gobbling the offensive boards and getting good looks out of that mm. um, and defensively Han Shu who's like the starting centre um, she's she's absolutely huge um, you know we sitting on the second level you can really see like the size difference even compared to the but we had, we had third team. level tickets how'd that work out well we actually don't tell Fame about it. we've actually gotten absolutely masterful at moving down to the empty <laughs> spots after quarter time um, but yeah you could really see like her physical presence and because France's like France's best players were their ball handlers, mm. um, getting inside and finishing over Hanshu when she was like well positioned when the mm. D was set was really difficult. If you could get her isolated one on one, like there were a few times that the guards were able to kind of get around her because she's not very fleet of foot, but offensively she's like just dominated the um, the smaller French bigs on the offensive glass. Um, and I thought some of the Chinese. Um, like perimeter defense was really really good like I mentioned before mm. just like pesky steals they forced a lot of like late clock heaves like there would have been way more French turnovers if they didn't just jack up a 33 mm. off balance mm. 33 footer off balance like with one second left on mm. the clock but two friends is credit they made a lot of like dumb threes they made a lot of shots that they shouldn't have made like off the dribble off one foot obviously there's the, bu- the buzzer beater by Toure no relation <laughs> um, but yeah it's just not enough not enough when your best players are small and you're going against you know let's say one of the best bigs in the tournament yeah and I think as well it was essentially like a home game for China because there was yeah. so much Chinese support there were probably like what do you reckon like 4,000 5,000 yeah. Chinese yeah, yeah. Chinese fans and Lucas um, who has been doing absolute yeoman's work for us <laughs> as our deep to uh, FIBA media accredited um, reporter on the ground here um, and you can read some of Lucas's um, insights from his time uh, working with the media here uh, on the website so that, that'll be up in the next few days but he um, was warning us like you know he, he's been here since Tuesday it's now Friday uh, he's been warning us like um, it's loud in the queue like the, the whoever designed it like the acoustics like trap the noise and you can mm. really hear it and then we rocked up and that was the first game that we watched and the Chinese fans were like chanting the whole time mm. and they were like you know literally like, ringing around the outside of the um, you know the, around like the whole stadium and aside mm. from a very dedicated and loud patch of about 15 French fans <laughs> it was all it was all China yeah. um so that's going to be a really interesting dynamic um, tonight. tonight when we watch Australia versus China because like the Australian fans were really really loud as well mm. but like not as consistently passionate mm. as Chinese fans mm. helps that like the Chinese game was um, at times a lot closer than the Australia Belgium game there was like more to cheer for mm. um, but like we'll really need to see if like the Aussie fans, us mm. included, can like raise our game to the level of the Chinese fans because they were really showing like, um, like every Chinese fan had a flag. Yeah, and they're all taking part in the, in the cheers. Like yeah. there was like lots of like call and response cheers yeah, where like yeah. one loud person would like scream something and then like three thousand other people are like yelling it back in response and it's yeah. like fucking <laughs> um and also we've both got sore throats this week it's just turned out that we've got sore throats this weekend 
um, and sitting near when we uh, let's call it an upgrade of a seat. Uh, when we upgraded, we were right next to the Chinese dude who was starting all the chants. Yeah, and for, my throat hurts watching him do that for forty minutes. Yeah, someone <laughs> needs to get that guy a strep suit. Um, <laughs> but we did just buy a thirty-six pack, so we can throw him <coughs> exhibit A. Yeah, exhibit exhibit. Well, I, you know, <laughs> listeners will know I've been coughing for the last fucking month. It feels like um, showing no signs of abating. But alas, the show goes on. Um, the second game that we watched was Australia Belgium, and Australia ended up winning by about fifteen points. Mm. Um, but it was it was twenty to twenty five points for most Worst, of the yeah. game before Australia kind of took their their foot off the pedal a little bit in the fourth, and Belgium started hitting some of the. Um, some of the pull-up threes that they are trying to be trying try to subsist off of um, for most of the game. So, what were your thoughts watching that game? It was like Belgium were doing great stuff, right? And Australia was just you, you could tell they were, they were more talented, and just across the board, they just had people that could just make shots. Um, but was it? Uh, I need yeah. Was it? Kaya, I mean, I can't pronounce German or Belgian names. Um, but Kaya Liskins was that the that was yeah. Big, Kaya Liskins was their was their big was their, their big, big five. Yeah. She was she was drawing double teams every time she rolled down the paint, right? And it was like it wasn't the most obvious double team, but it's just like if she's going to catch the ball inside the key, it's just trouble for everyone. Yeah. So Australia was really digging down on it, and she was just making the right play. They would give it to her on the roll. She was ooh, how's that for the sound effects? We are in a hostel. We are um, definitely in a hostel. She would kick it out. Australia recovers. Swing, 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 and. And you could just tell the play was going to operate in a wide open shot down to the other side of the court or maybe you know um, Liskins has still got like really deep post, post positions and she can just do it again but there was just there were just a couple of guards on the Belgian team now Belgium were without their best player who had apparently been killing it the whole the MME whole um, so maybe that maybe that doesn't help and maybe a couple of the other players are trying to do a good impersonation of someone who can just make amazing shots but they would catch the ball off an advantage swing 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 and then uh, there were there were two players that would just put their head down, wait for the defense to find its find its footing again, and then just yeah, let's take five or six dribbles and then take a contested mid ranger with the with the shot clock going down, which was just frustrating. But thankfully, they kept doing it, kept keeping Australia at you know a twenty point distance for the whole entire game. Um, but yeah, what, what did you think about the game? I thought um, that as good as Kyle Linskins was offensively, she like got targeted really yeah. heavily on D, and like everyone doesn't matter who it was, um, any Australian not named Ezzy Magbegor or Lauren Jackson, mm. so any Australian that's playing like the four and under, <laughs> were just taking her off the dribble every opportunity that they could and just blowing by. Yeah. Um, and because there's no um, real rim protection there. Mm. Um, they were able to just kind of get lots and lots of general <laughs> penetration from um, Sammy Whitcomb, Tess Magen, um, Mark Blitzav's uh, Olympian sister, Sarah Blitzav's. Uh, what a, like, I was just saying to, saying to Lucas, like, what a, a week this would be for the Blitzavs family if Mark wins the premiership last weekend with Geelong and then Sarah wins um, World, Cup. World Cup gold with Australia like I mean talk about happy parents I hope there's not like a third Blitzavs sibling that's like an accountant or <laughs> um, but yeah like like all of the all the guards and the wings were getting like proper dribble penetration mm. from just just a swing 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 mm. and Australia was very methodical in kind of getting the ball into the high post with um, primarily Lauren Jackson or Kayla George who mm. absolutely lit it up she 
it was like so many post fades and yeah. they were all going in everything was working for her from yeah. me but she also just brought like a lot of energy like like hustling for loose balls and you know working on the offensive glass mm. she ended up with 19 and 9 in 22 minutes which is pretty fucking impressive <laughs> good day um, of work yeah it's a good day at the office but um, everyone was going at Linskins the whole game mm. um, and I, I think Australia did a really good job of working the ball into the high post and then working it back out um, and it was pretty simple stuff like get the ball into the high post and then the big gives it back out to the perimeter and sets a screen or like we're talking like one DHO and the Belgian perimeter defense was just got a bit scrambled <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. putting you in a situation where you could just swing 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 mm. and then you're hitting an open three or you're driving essentially at Linskins like Australia was really good at unlocking um, unlocking the shell of the Belgium D to expose mm. where Linskins was mm. and then it's either the, the you know the ball handlers getting in and kind of finishing mm. um, or like lots of lots of little dump off passes to, mm. to Kayla George and mm. Lone Jackson yeah there were a couple of tic-tac-toes where they just they knew they had the advantage it was just a matter of grabbing the ball making the pass and it was beautiful to watch yeah and it's just, especially when you know when you you can tell watching that they know exactly what yeah. they're doing they know how to create the advantage they know when to take advantage of that mm. and they know how to execute it they're not trying to like skip steps they're not trying to like do anything uh, like in any in any rushed sense at all they're just like going through their progression mm. um, so yeah so Australia is in the, in the semis tonight versus China which will be a great game mm. and then this afternoon this evening we've got Canada versus the USA which Canada also has some really um, strong WNBA representation, but um, obviously it's the USA, so <laughs> not not expecting that to be a particularly close yeah, all game. All stars off the bench kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, like literally, Lucas was you know L- Lucas and Marco obviously do a lot of WNBA stuff over at um, JVG, and so Lucas was kind of like explaining to me. Um, that Sabrina Ionescu who's like Mm. literally like a 23 year old all star Mm. like rookie of the year a couple years ago um, in the WNBA like one of the the bright rising stars of the competition Mm. um, got her first minutes of the the tournament like in the last two minutes in the in the the round of 16 or the um, or in the quarters um, which is you know kind of crazy to think about considering that like other like other teams are like Australia's got like you know lots of contributors who are playing WNBL yeah and America has WNBA all-stars that can't even yeah. get on the court it's <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy yeah. so yeah we'll be expecting um obviously the USA in the finals and probably to win gold but um Australia in with a real shout um, mm. tonight against China mm. um and back to Sabrina like I was watching her play the other day fuck she was wearing like the Jordan calf sleeves so sick man like I don't, it's, it just looks nice <coughs> seeing Jordan calf sleeves worn because you really don't see her much anymore and also she's just like you know lead ball handler going out hitting some again hezzy pull up jimbos but yeah. yeah hopefully she gets some minutes I, w- I would have liked to see like jerseys on sale like the store was pretty lackluster the store was really lackluster I would I would love yeah, surely at least Australian jerseys if not yeah the fact that were, it was only like it was only Olympic merch yeah and also like people rocked up to the games around jerseys where the fuck are you getting them yeah boomers.com yeah opals.com yeah um, the facility like the facility at Kudos Bank Arena is like awesome like it's a great stadium yeah um, look but I love potato on a stick as much as the next guy but the the, <laughs> the, the, the amenities and, and, and concessions um 
you know, haven't been fantastic. Yeah, but you're, um, sort of, you're sort of giving you get because we also do upgrade tickets at halftime every single game. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> taking advantage of Feeble like wherever we can. So maybe we shouldn't complain about the Han, the Han super dry um, tins too much. Super, super dry premium. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the the other topic of news. That is, you know, it's also happening while we're in Sydney. Um, and I, I walked out, you know, had a shower this morning, walked out of the hostel, saw that you were just sitting outside having a read, checked my phone. I'm like, oh, Dante, some news is broke. And he's like, yeah, how fucking random is this? Um, so there has, we, we literally have a trade to announce, um, but a, a salary-based trade between the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder has just been, has just happened, um, where the Houston Rockets get Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Mo Harkless, Teo Maladon, uh, and a 2025 second round pick, which will actually exist. This isn't like a top 55 protected useless one. Um, and the Oklahoma City Thunder get David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquez Chris, a lot of Christian Wood stuff. That's, that's um, literally the Christian Wood leftovers. We also we also just lost a listener. Um, shout out to long-term stayer in the hostel. Yeah. Um, our, 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 audience, our live audience of one has departed. <laughs> uh, but what were your first impressions? Um, when you saw this trade. Oh, my first impression is this could have been the most fucking random <laughs> trade of all time. Like, yeah. it's literally everyone that, um, everyone that Houston got from Dallas in the Christian Wood trade is now, bar, my bar, bar Boban, is now involved in this trade. And OKC is giving up a second round pick to get rid of Favors, ostensibly, mm. even though Favors is on a $10 million expiring yeah. and could potentially, it's not outside the realm of possibility, I think, that Favors could be like someone who could fetch a second I, at I, the deadline I, I or later in the season. I disagree so hard. But nah, look. I mean, like, <laughs> favors, is a, favors is a warm experience body for, um, <laughs> you know, any, 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 like, any top 20 team you know in January that's had two ro- two injuries to its big rotation you tell me that you mm. wouldn't flip a 2027 20, second to bring favours in for three months I would of actually, course you would I would actually rather sign Dwight Howard um, Whiteside Boogie Cousins I think there's three free agent centres that are better than having to give up a second for I mean that's I mean that's fair but like like the, the seconds that we'd be talking for favours is not like yeah, it's, we're not it's talking crap. like a Detroit you know unprotected second we're talking like the fake second that's mm. like sometimes the money might even just be harder than just to like if you're a contending team finding 10 million dollars in matching salary might be no that's key, I mean, that, I mean, I mean look, that's base. that's fair I just think it's a bit wild that the OKC is compelled to <laughs> like is, yeah. attach assets to give this guy up when you could just like not, yeah. and then Terry Maladon as well, who obviously hasn't been fantastic he's in the NBA. Stats but and he's, but he's a he's a twenty one he's twenty one year old overseas um mm. you know overseas prospect. Like mm. not only has to adjust to playing in the NBA, but has to adjust to speaking a new language and living in a new in a new country. Um, you know, yeah. obviously they've seen enough, and like if you know that if they thought there was any chance he was going to develop into anything, they'd keep him. Mm. But I think it's well worth a flyer for Houston. Yeah. Well, um, actually, just just on the um the sort of roster spots side of things, uh, Houston didn't actually have many point guards. Like they didn't actually have too many play initiators. Like I can't remember if they still had DJ Augustine. Well, they obviously they'd love to have Dennis Schroeder um in the in the second half of the season after the trade deadline. Um, but now they've picked up Ty Jerome and Teo Maladon for whatever that's worth. Um, but on OKC's point, like obviously they just drafted Chet Holmgren, who Liz Frank, <laughs> Liz Frank heard him. 
<laughs> Someone should look into this Liz. She's fucking killing basketball players. Man, first Liz Shas, now Liz Frank. But after Chet went down, it was like, who the fuck's their center? Like, they have the the bad Jalen Williams, who mm. might not actually be an NBA player. Um, and then they have... Oh, he's also a second-round rookie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to slag the guy off. Congratulations well, for making just, the league. you just did. <laughs> um, but then they've just traded away Derek Favors in a salary dump. Like, look at their roster. Like, who is a five? And like, yeah, okay, maybe Jeremiah Robinson or Earl can play the five. But who's like a real there's protector? No, there's no reliable five on, Mike their, roster, on their roster but currently. Did Mike Muscala have like a season-long injury as well? Uh, look, you're really <laughs> testing my fucking Mike Muscala knowledge. Yeah, there's no one, there's no one on that on this roster now that favors is gone. That's that's like a, a full time five and mm. not 19 years old. Yeah, um, because Usman Usman Jang, who they drafted 11th overall in this year's draft, you would hope going forward that you could potentially survive some minutes or even thrive in some minutes with him as a small ball five but mm. right now he's <laughs> he's exclusively probably a full-time four there's no way he could handle and it. he's also a teenager poker's not a poker's not a five Jalen williams is a big but he's he's not a full-time five um you you're really overloaded with fours here yeah um but they also don't want to win games so. they well they do, yeah they don't and that's the um, it's going to be a gross year of basketball. Yeah, one way to make sure that you're not going to win any games is to never get a rebound ever. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yeah, well, we learned that uh, yesterday when watching uh, when watching China yeah. and France. So, I mean, on the, the, the motivation for this trade is not just to have a fucking bit of random <laughs> NBA news, right? <laughs> training camps kicking off, but... Um, uh, obviously, in shedding uh, Derek Favors' salary, the Thunder drop even further below the tax than they already were, mm. um, which is you know pretty like outrageous considering that they've got Shea on <laughs> max, yeah. Lou Dort earning fifteen million a year, and then everybody else is le- earning less than ten mil. Um, they still felt the need to to shed salary. Yeah. Um, it's what like what's what's their next move? Like there there must be something out there, but I don't see any team looking to shed salary. Like I, I just think they're I just think they're gonna they're they're in a holding pattern from last season. They're gonna they're just gonna try and do the same thing they did last season, get Chet healthy, and then just try and get Scoot or Wembenyama and mm. and just run it back. And then like you know if you've got like SGA, um, Giddy. Holmgren Holmgren and then like a top two or three pick like you just gotta try you can't, at that point you just have to fucking start trying <laughs> you can't have an abdominals train no, again there, there can't be there can't be any of that and I'd be really disappointed too if they if they do do too much of that again because I mean obviously like we've talked about this on the pod and I've kind of like expressed that I think that it is damaging to do too much mm. load management but like a guy Giddy if Giddy only plays 45 games this year because he's actually good and he's actually going to hurt their chances of getting a top pick yeah. then the dude instead of playing two full NBA seasons and going into his third year as like yeah. whoa this guy's your starting point guard or like could this guy maybe be an all star like could we be looking at someone who's like a real true foundational mm. piece it's just more question marks it's more question marks it's like this, this, and this guy probably hasn't developed to the, the, the fullest extent of his potential because he's only played half the games and mm. same with same with SGA and I think that's you know obviously he's getting older he's kind of like phasing out of his like real intense development period and now you're paying him 30 million mm. so if you're paying him 30 million and you've artificially capped his ability to, to develop at like a 22 million dollar you know player yeah you know if he if he isn't gonna end up becoming an all-star because he's missed you know 40 percent of, of the games over yeah. the last three years because you just wanted to sit him like then yeah. you've kind of played yourself 
<laughs> yeah. Um, this this is actually going to be like we, we've talked about this in the past, as you said, but we're actually finally going to see like this. This is the last year where, where we can be like, okay, like you get a bit of a pass, but we're eventually going to find that. We're going to get an answer to this question, twelve to twenty-four to thirty-six months from now. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. but at least there's there's an end at sight. Um, yeah. I just I don't know because because um, <coughs> when Utah and we won't talk about this trade, but when Utah traded um, Boyan Bogdanovic for essentially Cali Olynyk and not much else so um, to the Detroit Pistons. That actually opened up quite a bit of money for Utah to take on more money in in future deals. But with the Utah Jazz, if they like, if some team wants to give up a big salary, Utah can say, okay, well, you give us the big salary, we're going to take it on. And maybe do you want Jordan Clarkson? Maybe do you want like one of these dudes that is like an actual NBA? Player? Well, there was the report that came out that um, that the Bucks had tried to mm. secure Jordan Clarkson's services. Mm. And not only is it a salary dump for the the contending team, it's also just a little bit of an upgrade. OKC doesn't have like an upgrade to send out, right? And if if Utah are going to be in this play where they're just like, hey, we're willing to take on salary and just pay us, you know, draft compensation to do so, they're going to outbid whoever that is because they're able to give up a good player in return. OKC can be like, yeah, you're not going to get any money in return, but like free agency is done. If you're a contender, you don't care if you get cap space unless you're trying to cheap out. Like if, if Jay Crowder gets traded to OKC, it's like, okay, well, Rob Sarver and all that stuff, they, they seem to be saving a little bit of money. Um, Stuart, I know, I know we should probably wrap up, but do you want to talk a little bit about the Jay Crowder trade rumor slash trade is going to happen rumor? Yeah, so it's been been reported that the Suns and Crowder have agreed that they're going to facilitate a trade for him and he's not taking part in training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it for the Jay Crowder era in Phoenix. And I'm kind of not not like, not like too cut up about this because I, I, I kind of think that there's... I'm, I'm banking on there's another shoe to drop. Like, James Jones has proven himself over the last two years to be a really good jam, despite mm-hmm. the fact that maybe his process has sometimes been a little bit haphazard. The, mm-hmm. the, the results have, I think, borne, them, borne themselves out. He's not, uh, he's not stupid enough to think that you can, you can just drop someone like that from your team and not replace it in some other way. Um, and still be as successful as you were last season because in, in Crowder, whether he was starting or not last season, you're talking about someone who can play the three, the four, and gives you 25 minutes a game. Um, so I think that, that whilst it might look just to be like a salary-saving move, drop a little bit below the tax, make sure that you're not paying it this year. Um, I think there's enough reason to suspect that as was rumoured all of last season, we want to try and find a bigger four. Mm. Someone who can kind of match up against um, your more like power, your more typical power forwards because bless him, Cam Johnson and Jay Carter, like neither of them are that. They mm. offer so much else, but there's kind of a bit of positional redundancy there and mm. Cam Johnson is now the better player. Mm. This season, he's also cheaper. So I'm kind of like looking at this Crowder thing as get rid of him and get whatever you can back. We've got all our picks wait for the other shoe to drop on like who's the who's the the next four that we're going to bring in mm. but I, I feel like you maybe have a bit more of a a less um, rose coloured glasses <laughs> perspective than I do <laughs> less JJ coloured glasses yeah um, I don't know man like because if that's the case right and it's not like it doesn't seem like there's been major chemistry issues right like yeah. obviously you know, I mean there's there, chemistry there issues were, with fucking DeAndre Ayton for um, sure but it's like okay it's Cam Johnson's time to be the starter that's more than fine get some more shooting in there he might be a better defender everything He's he definitely his, is a better defender he yeah. definitely is a better shooter <laughs> um fine 
put Jay Crowder on the bench. Like there, there are no reports yeah. in that we've seen that Jay Crowder is like I'm not a bench player. It's like yeah, he's 34. He been might, a bench he player his whole, he's been yeah. a bench player his whole career. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're going to trade him, and usually when you're the one trading away guy, especially when it's been so publicly reported like this, you're just going to get a little bit of a worse player back. Like mm. this is hardly going to be an upgrade. So it's like. Okay. But I just don't I like I think I think this is a two trade operation. I don't, I don't oh, think really? that they're expecting. Yeah, I don't think they're trading Crowder out and bringing in the four that they want in. Well, I think they're unless trading it's Lamar Stevens to to, to Cleveland, which yeah, is which well. is rumored, which might. I mean, he's got that dog in him. Remember, when he, remember when he was mic'd up and he barked the whole time? He does have that dog in him. It's true. Um, um, I think he's a better defender, more more athletic, but someone like that. I think. In my head, I don't think it's a two two trade thing. I think you're looking at just getting whatever back. You're going to save a bit of money, and then that's going to be a backup, or maybe. Torrey well, we Brown don't really need like we don't really need that because we added Damian Lee. Mm. Um, you know who's another? Chuck Landau. Yeah, Chuck Landau. We added Damian Lee and uh, Josh Okoge, who are like really more like two threes than they are three fours. Um, but that wing position in a pinch is like kind of covered um, with like backup type players like we mm. don't need to trade out Crowder to bring in another like ninth man yeah whatever we can bring in for Crowder I think is then potentially going to be like leveraged in sending some stuff out to bring someone else in like mm. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that's that that's the case because if it's not the case if you are just getting rid of Crowder because you're like his role is diminished or <laughs> we want to we want to skimp it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense from basketball reasons you could just like you say put him on your bench and play him 18 minutes a game he's a he's, a, he's on the He's on an expiring this season for nine million. Mm. So he's he's a mid-level expiring. Like it's absolutely reasonable that a thirty-three-year-old mid-level expiring would play eighteen minutes a game. You know that's just like completely normal. Yeah, and obviously yeah. his like veteran experience has been invaluable. It's not you know just Chris Paul that rocked up and then all of a sudden the team's whole mindset and mentality was different. Mm. Like Crowder has been a big part of that as well. Mm. So. If there's not another shooter drop, it makes less sense. But I'm giving James Jones the benefit of the doubt, partly because he's proved it, and partly because you just have to. <laughs> because otherwise, I'm not hating my own team and being like, "What are you doing?" And I don't want to be living my life like that. Yeah. So, no, I want to fill enough. myself with positivity. Um, all right, so we've been crossing our legs for half an hour, and we're both wearing quite tight pants. Um, as in material that's not very readable. Um, let's wrap it up because we're cramping. Uh, good to talk to you, Dante. I'll speak to you for the next two days while we're still here. Um, but yeah, I mean, go Opals. And yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week with, with a bit of a recap of um, obviously our usual stuff, but also the rest of this FIBA experience. Um, so until then, I'll speak to you soon. One more thing. I know that's oh. a perfect closing, but by the time you're listening to this, one of Lucas's two articles will be live on the deep2.com. Can't believe it's that simple. Cannot believe it. Um, and Lucas, yeah, just amazing access to the FIBA World Cup. Incredible. So, and he's, he's doing, he's, he's doing and he's a funny guy. Doing yeoman's work. He's a funny guy. He's a good writer, and there's going to be some articles on the deep2. <laughs> um, so talk to you next time.